Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. This one has more energy than our first take, because I wasn't recording my voice. Uh, I am your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher. Hey, everybody. Um, uh, if you're new to the podcast, we are a uh, internet streaming service review and discussion show, uh, where we watch two shows in their entirety, the full season, uh, give our thoughts, our impressions, and then give a grade at the end. Um... Today's show is going to be on uh, Season 5 of Arrested Development and Season 4 of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, As a fair warning, we do talk spoilers, so be fair warned on that. Um, We're also going to discuss a little bit of the previous seasons, but primarily stick to the season at hand. Um, With that being said, guys, stick, stick to the end of the podcast. Stick all the way through, so that way you can hear where you can find us, the links, the the Patreon, all that jazz. Uh, but with, without any further ado, we're going to dive right into the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, because that's what I said originally. Um, that's an inside joke for all of you out there. Uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and give a quick synopsis on what the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is all about? Well, the show basically follows the tale of a young... A lady named Kimmy Schmidt. She's, I believe, 29 years old when the series starts. She was kidnapped when she was 14 and held captive in a bunker for 15 years of her life and indoctrinated into an apocalyptic uh, cult uh, by this reverend. Um, He had fooled basically the four women that were in this bunker, well, one older woman and four young teen girls, that the world had ended and they were the only five people left. So she has a super naive view of the world and still has all of her childlike innocence. Um, And when, when they are released and saved, people dub them the mole women because they had lived underground for 15 years. Uh, They're flown to New York to appear on the Today Show, and, you know, at the end of that, everybody's like, okay, let's go back home, and she's like, nope, I want to stay. So, basically, she has a little bit of money and uh, from appearing on the Today Show, and she is adjusting to current-day life uh, in New York City after being in this bunker for so long, and is uh, finds a street-tough landlord who has kind of a run-down building, and she has one tenant named Titus, an aspiring, out-of-work gay actor, and uh, Kimmy moves in with Titus, and... It, uh, Shen- shenanigans ensue. <laughs> shenanigans definitely ensue. You know, she, in the first season finds work as a nanny for this very rich white uh, socialite lady in the community. 
Yeah, she Jack- she seems Jacqueline. she comes off as very like uh waspish, waspish. Yes. Yes, but she actually has a very good heart. Uh but yeah, she's she's played by Jane Krakowski who I always loved ever since I first saw her in the Flintstones Viva Las Vegas or Rock Vegas uh as she played Betty Rebel. Uh, wow, that's a hell of a hell of a reference there, Josh. I also like to point out that the show is written and created by basically everyone at Thirty Rock. If there was yeah. a, if there was somebody that wrote something at Thirty Rock, they have writing credits on the show. Uh, yeah. Primarily uh, Robert Carlock and Tina Fey, mm-hmm. um, and the the comedy is very Thirty Rock esque. Um, regardless of the fact that like this show is not. It does have a different feel, but the idea of, like, a multitude of stupid characters, and I don't mean stupid as in bad characters, stupid as in, like, they're all dumb. Absurd. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Titus, he's dumb as hell. Kimmy, of course, you know, she's naive as hell, so of course she's dumb. Um, but she's Lillian, the most relatable, because you understand she where is, she's coming from. Yeah, she is the most relatable. Um, Lillian is just an absolute riot. She's brilliantly portrayed by Carol Kane. Love Carol Kane. Um, and then, of course, you know, Jane Krakowski playing Jacqueline as the fourth remaining member of the main cast. Um, so, uh, what the synopsis that you gave was pretty much the first season. The first couple yes. episodes of the first season. Um, as mm-hmm. the series has progressed, because right now, like I said, we're talking about season four. Um, that the main character, Kimmy Schmidt, has gone through a lot, experienced a lot, and, and understood the world around her being have away being away from it for fifteen years. Um so I feel like the first season was more about the comedy came from more about Kimmy adjusting to the world that she didn't know existed. Um Exactly. And then the rest of the seasons started to delve more into the side characters Kimmy was a you know primary part of that, but it was you know like uh, Carol Kane's character and Titus became more of the forefront characters. Um, uh, Jane Krasowski, uh, her um, Jacqueline, I can't remember her names for some reason. Mm-hmm. All four of those characters became important, um, yes. and a lot of the jokes started to shift away from like look how weird the world is to this one girl who was away from it for so long. And now more look how weird this, look how weird this world is through the veneer of these four characters. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, like Jacqueline, you know, she's portrayed as this, uh, rich white socialite. Turns out she was the mistress of her husband who she trapped into a marriage by getting pregnant with his, uh, child. And they ended up divorcing at the end of season one. Turns out she's Native American. That was one of my she, favorite jokes. That was yeah. arguably one of my favorite jokes in the whole show. Uh, um, it, it was very funny because, you know, she didn't understand. Uh, she was Lakota Sioux. Her parents were full-blooded Lakota Sioux. And she did not speak the language. So she would repeat the language, recite it perfectly to tell people what she was called. And of course the translation is like dumb blonde girl, you know, or, you know, this is my name in Lakota and, you know, 
dumb blonde girl. <laughs> Stuff like that was just yeah. absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, speaking of that, I kind of talked to Josh a little bit about this prior to recording. But uh, as I was talking, as I watched this show with my brother, Josh, which is sometimes talking to my parents about this show and my brother in different conversations is complicated. Um, if they always go, podcast Josh or brother Josh? Um, <laughs> uh, we're convinced that this show takes place in an alternate universe or an alternate timeline. Yeah, um, you and your brother are convinced that it takes place in an alternate universe. I like, I like the, so for the sake of a lot of jokes throughout the whole show, the whole series, um, there's a lot of moments where it's little tiny touches, little things that are like, why would that be the slogan for that company? Or why would that company have done that sort of thing? And it's for the sake of a joke, plain and simple, but it builds this world where like, Everyone's just a little dumber than they actually are in this world. <laughs> yeah, the the everybody comes across as a complete blithering idiot in a lot of situations. Absolutely, I, I think that's and, and again, I have to express this. It's for the sake of comedy, just like it was in Thirty Rock. But there's the key part. Um, by doing that, they've also built a world that these characters live in. And by doing that, it it feels like an alternate timeline. Like um, in this new season, there's a uh, there's a joke. One of the easily best jokes of the whole fucking series, uh, the algorithm. Um, if if you don't remember the joke, it's Titus and Kimmy are watching um, a Netflix style. Uh, Thing. Streaming service. Streaming service, uh, yeah. Ca called House Flicks. House Flicks, thank you. Uh, I couldn't remember the name of it, but um, they had been watching it for a little while, and all of a sudden it was recommending this one show, and Kimmy didn't seem that interested, and Titus says that you have to trust, you have to trust what Al Gore created a long time ago with his rhythm. And she goes, what about Al Gore? And he's like, the Al Gore rhythm. Um, that joke, I, I legitimately had to pause. I was laughing so hard at that joke. But with that idea in mind, the house flicks thing, it's not meant to sound like Netflix, but in this alternate timeline, there's a streaming service or in this alternate timeline, Netflix became house flicks. So I'm saying like it's mm -hmm. little things, little tiny differences. Um, I just love thinking that way about the show, and it makes it just a little bit more fun for me to watch it that way. That being said, it's not it's not important. I just like doing it. <laughs> so what you're saying is you have a purple backpack that's called Jan Esport? I wish I did, and I'm sure that <laughs> if the show was more popular, they could have sold one. Probably. Uh, I don't know. The I, reference I was just making, Kimmy has a backpack that she came to New York with. She lost it in like the first episode, maybe the second episode. She recovers it in like one of the last episodes of season four. And turns out the, the backpack is her imaginary friend that helps her imagine things and go on adventures. And in normal shots with others, it's a normal backpack. But when Kimmy looks at it, 
it's converted into a puppet that talks to her in a very childlike voice, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the the scene in the park where uh, she's 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 literally going to kill the backpack. That's the whole idea, and mm-hmm. the backpack's just like, I don't I don't like all these bricks being put in me, Kimmy. I don't know why you're doing this. I'm really scared, Kimmy. Why please. am I so heavy? <laughs> Where am I going? You're going on a trip. Can't we talk about this? Oh, so uh, fucking funny. Um, help, police, I'm under a dragon cloud. <laughs> I, I, uh, I adore the show for, like, that's the thing that Tina Fey and and, and Robert uh, Car, Car, Car something or other, um, I just I just had it in my head. Carlock. I was going to say Carlock. God damn it. Um, something that those two writers do very, very well, and, and, and if you know Tina Fey, you know that this is kind of the thing, is it's a solid story with a, with a bunch of really good fucking one-liners. Just like, oh God, yeah. you're just enjoying a story about these characters, and all of a sudden you're punched in the face by a solid joke. Exactly. And- like one of mine and Misty's favorites, this one actually occurs in season two, uh, but we were watching the other day. And Titus now has a boyfriend, uh, Mikey, who is a construction worker who just came out. And, you know, he's he's struggling to get the hang of things. Uh, Titus is struggling having a serious relationship. Kimmy comes in and she's complaining about an encounter with another male counterpart on the series. I can't remember exactly who it was. But she comes in. And she starts complaining about this thing, and Titus is like, yeah, look at us, both of us having men problems. And Kimmy says to him, is that why you were up in the bathroom all night screaming? He's like, oh no, that was just cheese. And it's just his total deadpan delivery, and then he picks up and carries on with the conversation. That joke knocked Misty, just bowled her over. She laughed so fucking hard. She damn near pissed herself. I thought it was absolutely hilarious, too, but it made it even funnier to me to see her reacting so hard to it. So, you know, I'd back it up ten seconds and make him repeat the line like ten times in a row, and she's still laughing just as hard after the tenth time as she was the first time. And it's those little deadpan moments inserted that really sell this show for me. With all the, I mean, there is absurd comedy there's sarcasm, there's deadpan, there's, you know, a, some physical comedy, and there is some brilliantly written comedy as well. And it all blends together and flows in such a delightful way. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing about Tina Fey that I think cannot be over-exemplified, uh, is that she is, a, she is a brilliant tactician with the timing of a joke. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't... She doesn't sit there and, and 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 wait for the joke to come to her. She just writes it naturally, or at least it feels like she writes it naturally. I was watching a movie that they made, or she made, like a few years ago called Sisters, with uh, um, another SNL alumni. I can't remember her name. Uh, blonde. Um. Ooh. I don't uh, Amy remember. Poehler. Amy Poehler. Oh, Amy Poehler. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're like real um, life best friends. Right, right. Uh, so the idea of sisters, the movie in, in general, it's a it's a very simple premise. Uh, Tina Fey's character, and Amy Poehler's character, are sisters of, um, and they 
uh, are both kind of fuck-ups in their own life, in their own way. Um, and their parents are selling their, like, childhood home. And uh, to get back at their parents for, like, selling it and not, like, doing anything or giving anything to them, um, they decide to throw a big-ass party in this house and fuck up the house as much as possible, just as a big middle finger to their parents. It gets, it, you know, as, as as these types of movies tend to do, it keeps getting progressively worse and worse and worse. But there are these little hidden, they're not hidden, but there's little gems of just brilliant comedy. Like uh, John Cena shows up in the movie and he's this, he's this drug dealer. And he goes to sell them, like he, like he lists off all these different types of drugs. And all they wanted was weed. And he's like, I didn't drive, you know, some odd amount of miles to sell some fucking weed to a couple moms. Um, so they were like, oh, we'll take this instead. He's like, all right, and I'll stick around. I'm going to, I'm going to hang out at this party. And they were just like, oh, okay. But it's because John Cena, he's so big and he's covered in tattoos. You know, they're just, they have this like, like teenager-ish, he's a bad boy kind of attraction to him. Mm -hmm. And so there's this fucking hilarious scene where a woman is talking to John Cena and flirting with him. And he's, he's giving no shits to her. Like he's, he's kind of answering her, but not really. And so Tina Fey comes mm -hmm. up and, and tells him, tells her to go away and stands next to him. And she goes, yeah, I'm kind of the mom at this party. You got any kids? And he just goes, not that I know of. <laughs> that was it. That's the whole joke right there. And like, like there's no, there's no audio after that. You just see Tina Fey's like face turn into this, like Jesus Christ. I could not be more sopping wet right now. Like it's mm -hmm. that kind of face. Yeah, it's yeah. that it's that little that, that, that little tiny joke right there. That little thing is sprinkled throughout this show. Um, I don't know why I went to a fucking movie that has nothing to do with this show, but my point is is that Tina Fey is a brilliant writer. That's what I was trying to get at. Well, and I mean, she's the connective tissue, so I see why you went there. Yeah, but it was an it was an obtuse reference <laughs> to bring up. But anyway, point I'm getting at is Greg using big words on the show today. I, I, I'm, I'm well read. Shut up. Uh, I actually have all seven Harry Potter books sitting on my desk over here and I haven't read a single one of them. But then again, really? Um, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a top conversation for a different time. Um, I know I plan on reading them. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like there's just so many little moments throughout the show that I just love. Like there's there's this brilliant thing in, in, in season four, the season we're supposed to be discussing and talking about, but talking about a movie that she did in 2015, um, where uh, um, Titus is talking about having a gig, and they show him doing parts of this gig through the show, and then they have a one whole episode. That is a fake documentary you'd find on Netflix. Some bullshit documentary you find on Netflix. And complete and it, with an opening that looks like, you know, the opening to, say, How to Make a Murderer or American Vandal, done in that style. That was brilliant. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was, it was arguably the best episode of the, of the season. But also, in, like, episode one and two, you see Titus doing this, like, weird off-brand, not necessarily, like, it didn't make sense, uh, side show, or side gig that it was making him a little bit of money. And you're like, okay, that's kind of funny, he's dressed as a firefighter. And then, when you watch the fake documentary, it turns out it was for that. Like, that little, like, 
connective tissue. Hey, do you remember this from like a past season or now, like a callback joke? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, but it's 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 not just a callback joke. It's not a Family Guy style like, hey, you remember Flintstones? It's like, so it's you like it's used. It's it's not just hey, do you remember when Titus did this? It's part of what is going on. Exactly. And it doesn't. Course, it's just so know, out of place. In the moment, in the moment, he doesn't realize what's going on, and then after the fact, he's like, "Oh, so that's what that was for." And you know, Kimmy starts to object to it, and he's like, "Shh, Titus is on TV." <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah. My that that's that's another thing is like throughout the series, uh, Kimmy becomes more and more desensitized to Titus's like uh, self-centered ego. Oh, he is very self-absorbed, uh, but. God, he's hilarious. Oh yeah, I mean that's p- part of his his charm and comedy is the fact that he's so self-absorbed. But the thing that I think is funny is that when she comes in to tell him that she's upset with something, he starts to talk over her. And she's like, "No, no, no, no! <laughs> like you don't get to make this about you. It's about me right now." <laughs> and then he pulls like, out the little fucking hourglass. <laughs> he's like, "Here you timer. go. You got you got this much time. Go." And then she talks, and he's like, your time's up. And then he just immediately goes into his thing. And she's cool with it. And that's what, shit like that is hilarious to me. It, it, none of um, it feels, like, that's so brilliant. It doesn't feel forced. Feel weird. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel forced. It just feels like, yep, that's the dynamic between these two. That's the way it should be. It's yeah. very, very, very funny. You know, I, I, I've talked about in the past when it comes to other movie franchises or TV shows that... When you get into later seasons, things need to feel uh, earned. Like, give the audience, you know, essentially a reward for sticking through it. Mm-hmm. This show does that all the time. Like, with the Jansport backpack, that was absolutely yeah. an earned joke. Oh, it was. It was I mean, it, yeah, it's absurd that she sees it as this imaginary talking backpack that is, you know portrayed as a puppet but at the same time it also fits it's a an odd dynamic but it works yeah yeah and i'd say the only downside to this season in my opinion is that it does it was only six episodes well it's being split up into two parts i, I was reading that. i was reading earlier today that the next the last half of the season which is also the season finale or series finale is going to be released in late January. So they're wrapping it up. Yeah, but, uh, I, I guess I guess my, my thought process, Josh, is that if season four it was meant to be 13 episodes, then just why not release season four as the season as a series finale? As yeah, a 13 I, episode thing. I don't I don't get that either, especially because, you know, it's been a year since the last season of thirteen episodes was released. Why wait a whole year and only release half and then wait another, what, seven, eight months and release the other half? It's it's weird to me. Unless they needed to have certain locations filmed at certain times of the year is the only sense that makes to me. Yeah, like, I mean, there's got to be something small that we're not, that we don't know about because, you know, looking at it from the outside perspective of, like, Netflix making money is... Um, you know, when Netflix, Netflix makes money based off subscriptions and a a new show brings in new subscribers, which is why Netflix does an absurd number of new shows. Uh, but this is a, this is season four slash five of a series. 
I don't think it's bringing in any new people. It may be keeping people, but you're only going to keep people for six months. Like it just the the the, the logic and math isn't there. So, um, yeah, it just it 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 boggles the mind. So it's, it just feels too short. But whatever, it's still really it's still really entertaining and really funny. Uh, but yeah. Josh, we should we should definitely yeah, go yeah. into our One, grades unless you have another point. I do, I do. I was wanting to bring up something. Um, you mentioned earlier that you felt like it was an alternate universe timeline. Yes. But one of the things that season four touches heavily upon is the current, like, the current movement in Hollywood and in the nation about men's behavior, specifically how they treat women and how women are treated in society overall. Uh, a lot of the uh, undertones of this season, you know, it's not really in your face. Uh, but it really, and in a way, I mean, it is presented as the main focus, you know. Treat women yeah. better. Be yeah. a better person, you know. Don't be I would, this misogynistic douchebag, you know. That's, I would argue, Josh, that every season's done that. Um, in a every way. season has, but this season it was like... You know, it was just released. They're really bringing in, oh, look. And they're bringing up and they're showing pictures of Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and Brett yeah. Ratner. And oh, there was one joke that was that Kimmy said that made me laugh really hard. It was like, um, oh, fuck, I don't remember how it went, but it was like, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not a Weinstein or a Spacey or and then it, the, the end of that was a really fucking solid joke that I don't remember. It was it was where she worked at that new tech company, and she was hired as the HR uh, person, and she was supposed to fire an employee. Right, and she was right. Like, I can't bring bad news into people's lives. I got to do it the Kimmy way, which she's super big into helping people and wants to always be cheery and upbeat. And she's trying to let this guy down gently. So the first thing she starts complimenting his appearance. She's like, "Oh, you have wonderful eyes." What color is that? Brown? And she's rubbing his shoulder and touching his hand, and he is clearly uncomfortable. And she's like, I know this is probably embarrassing for you. Embarrassing things happen to people all the time. And then she stood up and her pants fell down, and she's standing there in her shirt and her panties, her underwear, uh, in, in front of uh, this employee. And he's like, you know, less than a foot away from that area. And then she's like, now, this thing's not going to suck itself. And he gets up, he's like, no, thank you. And then he's walking out, and she's like, you're fired. And what she was referring to when she said, this thing's not going to suck itself, it was an iced coffee that she had a straw in and was going to give him. And, of course, the whole thing's misconstrued, and he files a sexual harassment lawsuit, and that's why she's like, I'm not a Weinstein. I'm not a Spacey. And it was just really funny in how it was presented. Yeah, the uh, yeah, because the, the 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 was the third part that was really, really funny. The point the point I guess more so that I'm getting at is that you, you the the comedy within it within making a joke about the Me Too movement, um, it really really works in the show. It doesn't beat you over the head with like a message, but also has a very strong message. It does. Um, and yeah, I like really it. like the fact that she penned a kid's book when Random House wanted her to write a book like her one of her bunker mates. 
And she decides to write a children's book instead. And she talks about how there's a little monster inside of every boy. Ah, And at certain times, when they're mad or they're angry or hungry, uh, you know, it's just like it'll tell you to do something that you shouldn't do. And, you know, you're the key to unlocking that and to, you know, not become that person. And I was just like, you know, it's a... Not to beat you over the head, but a nice little positive message, and I really, I really like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we should, uh, we should definitely get over to the uh, to the grading part, Josh. No, I will. Uh, I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. It is mm-hmm. an enjoyable show. The de- the humor is definitely not for everyone. But the humor ranges all across the board, so I think if you enjoy comedies, there's going to be at least something in there for you. There, like I said, there's many different aspects. There's slapstick, there's uh, sarcasm, there is dry humor, you know, uh, but it works. And it's blended together very, very well. You know, Tina Fey, you know, she is a solid, solid writer. I've always enjoyed her stuff. Um but the actors on the show are wonderful. Uh, the guest actors on the show are used very well. I love it. John Hamm's great. Uh, you know, we get people like Busy Phillips. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Um, you know, Greg Kinnear showing up playing <laughs> himself. Yeah, okay. I got a thing for Busy Phillips, and I've had this. Yeah. Anyway, you know, Ice T's showing up playing himself. Sorry, you're you're an old man. I get it. I'm editing that out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, like Josh Jackson showing up when Kimmy's talking about how romances are supposed to be perfect, like Dawson's Creek, and he's playing the gas clerk or the gas station attendant and, or the convenience store clerk, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, what? No. And he starts breaking down Dawson's Creek and how it was and everything. I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. So yeah, I mean, I give the I give the show overall a solid B. Uh, I'll give this season itself. I'll give the the latest season, even though it was short. I'll give it a B plus. But overall, the show gets a solid B from me. All right. Um, I'm gonna you know I I I'm gonna give this season a B plus as well. Um, I think that it, it gets knocked a lot of points for being short for me. Um. Yeah. It just feels like an incomplete story. Uh, feels like you know. I know. I know that the second part's coming in a few months or six months, but whatever. It's that's not the excuse that should be used in this situation. Um, uh, the other part that I want to say that I think it feels like it gets knocked some points on is um, <laughs> as funny as her character is. Uh, <sighs> Unfortunately, in this specific season, Lillian and um, uh, Jacqueline's uh, storylines, not that strong. Yeah, yeah. hopefully they'll end strong. And especially since it means that, you know, Busy Phillips is probably going to be in most of the episodes in the remaining part. Okay, put it in your pants. 
Um, and pants on. That's the beauty of you know being an adult and having your own place. You don't have to wear pants. Yeah. I thought I thought for sure you're going with a leg joke on that. I was like, where's he going with this? Is he gonna is he gonna say you don't have to wear pants, but you don't you have one leg? I was I didn't know where you're going, but no, you just you just tie the other leg up uh, apparently. Um, but <laughs> you know. Um. Anywho, back to back to the the reasoning for this season being a B plus. Yeah, I just felt like half of the cast, half of the main cast, just didn't have strong stories. Um. But the you know Kimmy and Titus had had really funny strong strong stuff and it was really entertaining albeit short. As for the whole series, I give it a solid A. Um, okay. There hasn't been a ton that I didn't like uh, with the whole aspect of, like, my theory of it taking place in an alternate reality. Like, I, I love that. So, um, albeit fucking Lily's whole storyline with like, having the building not put up in the... Uh, it, was, it was such a weird <laughs> little plot line, but whatever. Um... But yeah, I, I I really enjoy how funny it is. I, I love the writing. I love the character designs. Uh, and when I say designs, I mean how they're written. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not much I can add to how much I enjoy the show. So, um, awesome. guys, before we, before we move on to Arrested Development, um, I wanted to talk quickly about our Patreon. So, um, I... Personally, I work as a substitute lunch assistant, trying to become permanent, but that's a whole other thing. As that as that is my job during the summertime when school's out, I don't have any work, so I've had to cancel my Amazon Prime and uh, YouTube Red subscriptions for at least until I start working again. But if you guys go to the Patreon, throw us a few bones on there, that could possibly change. Um, and that is exactly what our money is going to. Paying for our subscription services to review shows that you guys want us to review. Uh, paying for us to get better equipment, better mics, better, better laptops or whatever. Um, that's what the money would be going to. Uh, definitely don't want to come across as the, as, as spending money where it doesn't belong. We want to know that, we want you guys to know that whatever donations you give us, in terms of Patreon or whatever else, it's going directly back into the podcast to make it better for you. Yeah, any contributions that we ever receive will always go into improving the show, uh, help bring you more content from us, like the t-shirt pre-order that we're still running. Uh, it's the All Cued Up t-shirt. It is a black t-shirt uh, with our logo uh, the All Cute Up podcast logo with our tuned versions of ourselves on the front. Uh, the sizes come in small up to 5X. It is a 100% Gildan cotton t-shirt. Very lightweight yet durable and comfortable. Uh, pre-orders for those shirts, they're $30 shipped. Anything we make off of that, any profits and proceeds, just go to fund future things for the podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, everything is like, okay, this uh, content needs to be funded. We'll pull it from this. So that's, you know, that's the gist. I also, I also hear that, like, if you buy the shirt, that you can retroactively stop Simba's dad from dying. I don't know how that works, but that's what the manufacturer told us. 
But what about the people who retroactively want Scar to come out victorious in that situation? I mean, isn't that just going to cancel each other out? Wouldn't that just be watching the movie and then not ending it? I mean, like you stop, you stop, you stop at Akuna Matata. <laughs> you know what though? They'd look cool as hell watching the movie. Arguably cooler. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a fact. That's that's what I understand. All right. Well, that was weird. Um, <laughs> hey, what's a what's an episode of All Queued Up without some weird, awkward oh, moment? Hundred percent. Come on, we gotta we gotta keep it real. You know, we do. Unlock this invisible right leg that I still feel, apparently. God, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's weird for me to hear. You know, guys, phantom limb pain, it turns out, is a thing for a lot of people in an amputee situation. Uh, Monday. Monday. uh, I'm going to tell a story. We got a couple of minutes. Monday the, uh, what was what's today, the 13th? Yeah, the 11th was one month ago that I got sick. Monday I fell, um, and I landed on my stump. <clears throat> and you talk about excruciating pain. Um, I was in excruciating pain when I came out of the surgery itself. This rivaled that, and I went down for several minutes in agony. But what it did... It the the nerves are all still active. The nerves are still looking for the foot, the ankle, the toes. I can flex my leg in such a way, like right now, I'm moving my calf muscle, and I can feel my not there toes wiggling and moving. I can feel my ankle and foot, my foot rotating. I feel it. So when I fell, the nerves were just on fire. They were off the charts looking for the foot. And it's like cramping. And it really sucks. That's my only complaint about all this. You know, but here's the thing. You know what helps to relieve that? Doing things that I enjoy. So I thought you were going to say them buying a shirt. Well, well, no, no. I mean, it would be great if they would, yeah. But doing things that I enjoy, uh, it helps to alleviate, and my mind is not focused on that pain. So by that's one of the things. A friend of mine messaged me today. He's like, I can't believe you guys are back at it already doing the show. I was like, the show helps me feel grounded. The show gives me something to look forward to. The show gives me something to focus on. I enjoy doing this so much. I love bringing you guys new content. Also, just running, I just love running my mouth. But, you know, I like having something to say, though. And you know, so, I hope you guys are always enjoying the content that we bring you. This, this reminds me, Josh, of you talking about that. Um, there's a uh, Steve Martin book and he talks about it in there but he was also talking about an interview which is where i heard it where he basically discusses that like right now him and um martin short are like they're on tour constantly Mm -hmm. doing new show a different show every city Mm -hmm. and when martin short's wife died or divorced him i don't remember which doesn't ultimately matter uh steve martin saw his his like one of his closest best friends uh looking so depressed and sad and down that he needed to do something 
and he knew that one of the best ways to co- combat depression or or sadness in any way, shape, or form is to, to keep throw busy. yourself into your work. Yep. Or not even your work so much as just things that you enjoy doing. Yeah, so when you said, no, we're doing the podcast, let's keep going, I was like, all right, we're done, and like, that was all I needed to hear, yeah. and I'm more than happy to have you here and discussing dumb Netflix shows with us. Actually, there's only a few dumb, Anthony. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. Fucking dumb, man. But yeah, yeah, well, that's basically, I just wanted to say, Agrisuka you know. wasn't dumb. You just thought it was dumb. <laughs> I didn't say it was dumb. I just said I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that's just basically what I wanted to say. Uh, you yeah, know, not we should only, definitely. I, 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 want, I, I love doing the show. I love bringing content to everybody. And by doing this, it helps keep me focused. It helps keep me from being in pain, oddly enough. So, yeah. That's. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, everybody. Thank All you right. for show. Arrested um, Development. Yes, Arrested Development Season 5. Uh, I'm sure so before, that... Oh, go ahead. Let's see, before you give a synopsis on the show, which, good luck on that, because um, the show doesn't make a lot of sense, kind of? Anyway, if you know anything about the show, and I don't even remember, I think it was Fox, but the it show was, had... It, it, it debuted in the end of 2003 on Fox, yeah. Yeah. I think it had three seasons on Fox. Two seasons? Yes, three. Three seasons. And and then it was canceled. And uh, Netflix then picked it up. And they had a fourth season, God, three years ago? Uh, it actually debuted in 2013. Jeez, so, so yeah, it had a seven-year seven break. In between season three and season four, and then a five-year break in between season four and season five. Um, and funny enough, I I I'm gonna let you talk about the stuff here in a second, but I'm gonna straight up say I think that hurts the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so go ahead and, and uh, run that down. What it's about. Well, basically, the show centers on a the fictional Bluth family who amassed all of their wealth through real estate. Um, and it basically opens up uh, that the the family is not as pure and wholesome as your typical TV family. You know, Jason Bateman plays the son, Michael. He... Uh, he is the one who's always trying to save the family. Uh, his dad is portrayed by Jeffrey Tambor, and in the first season, he went to prison for treason because he was building their uh, company homes uh, in Iraq for Saddam Hussein. So, I mean, you know, he went to trial. Uh, turns out, you know, the mom, Lucille, portrayed by Jessica Walter. She was the mastermind behind it all. She ends up going to jail. <laughs> it's just crazy. The the you know there's the brother Job uh which goes by his initials G O B George Oliver Bluth. Uh you know he's basically the second but everybody just calls him Job. Uh 
brilliantly portrayed by Will Arnett. Hilarious, hilarious guy. Uh, but, you know, uh, Portia de Rossi plays the sister Lindsay. Uh, you find out, like, third season, she's adopted. So she's not really the sister. You got Michael Sarah. This is where he got his start. He plays the uh, Michael's son, George Michael. Uh, you got Alias Shawcat that plays Maybe Funke, uh, Lindsay's daughter, uh, who George Michael and she have been infatuated with other with each other uh, romantically off and on for all five seasons. You got David Cross who plays Tobias Funke, and oh my God, was, he is hilarious. Um, just his character in general. And then you've got Tony Hale that plays Buster, the mama's boy that is very childlike. Ugh. It, it's hard to give a synopsis of this show. I just wanted to give you a brief rundown of the characters. but uh. Yeah, like like that's why, yeah, that's why I said good luck, because there is no rhyme or reason to half of the stuff that happens on the show. It just sort of happens. Yeah. Um, and in, what's in, funny... In, what 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 what's funny? I'm, I'm gonna make this point, and I'll let you go. Um, is one of the things that it, they made it into a recurring joke into the show itself as of season five. Uh, Michael Jason Bateman's character always gets frustrated by the underhandedness of the family, and one of the things you hear so much is that's it, I'm done with this family, I hope you've saved up some money because you're going to need every dime. And he's always looking at George Michael, he's like, come on buddy, pack your bags, we're leaving. They made that into like the running joke of the family, and they always mock him for it. And then it's kind of ended now, it's like, see you tonight, he's like, see you tonight, <laughs> that kind of thing. That is yeah. the humor that this show has. It's very dry humor. Uh, this season felt more like self-aware for sure than the previous seasons. Absolutely. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm gonna throw this out here. Like they should have stopped after season four. Um, I think that with the show having such a huge gap between three and four and then four and five. Well, just between three and four at this point, because I'm getting to a point here. Okay. All like all the younger people had had aged, and it, it, it mm -hmm. showed. But it kind of felt like, ah, uh, okay, we understand why they're they're aged. Like we get it. But when it came to you know season five, not only did like a lot of it feel forced, but it just felt really weird, especially with like. Michael Sarah has very clearly aged in five years. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. look like the young version that he was five years ago. Yep. And so when there's there's those scenes with him dating Rebel, and you yep. get flashbacks to season four to him now, it's very visible. Mm -hmm. And I know that I shouldn't care that much with such a silly show, but it's a little jarring. It's a little dis disproportionate, if you will. No, I, I get uh, that. I get that. It does take away from the consistency. Um, and before we get into like the actual comedy of season five and whatnot, I do want to bring something up that was very hard for me to watch the show knowing the story. And I told Josh about this through Discord. But there was a um, there was a story that happened recently where uh, all like a few of the actors uh, were in an interview with New York Times. I think it was New York Times or Washington Post, one of the two, and. Um, in the interview, 
Jessica Jessica Walters. Walters. Yeah. I want to say Lane for some reason. Jessica Walters is talking about how um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tambor like would would explode on set, and how often he would explode and yell Direct, at her. Yeah, directly at her. And um, when she was expressing this, she would she was crying a little bit. She was upset. She's like, he has come and apologized to me, but you know that kind of attitude is unacceptable, and that's part of the biggest like problem that I've ever had on the set. And then suddenly, like all the other male actors that were in that interview started like pseudo defending Jeffrey Tambor, even though Jeffrey Tambor was like, yeah, I feel really bad about it. I apologize. Um, Jason Bateman, of- Tony Hill and David Cross. Actually, I was reading the story. They, okay, they're yeah, all yeah. like, they're all like, Hey, you know, we all have bad days. We all get angry. And that was kind of the way Very they dismissive. went about it. And Alia Shawcat, she was like, but that doesn't make it okay. Right. And, and, and it wasn't you know, until Jason, later that Bateman. Yeah. yeah. He, he um, was like, holy shit, I went back and I listened to it and I feel horrible about some of the things I said. And he's like, I need to work on being a better listener. And yeah. which, which I found to be kind of ironic because that is something that his character, Michael, says in the fucking show. I need to be a right. better listener. So well, it kind of hits my, home. My, one of my biggest issues watching it, dude, was that like I, I that was that there was that shadow over the show the whole time. Anytime there was a scene with Jessica Walters and Jeffrey Tambor, I just kept thinking about that. I didn't want to think about that, but that's all, that, that kept coming to my mind. See, I didn't like, know I was, about it until after I had watched it, and you told me. And it does make me look at certain scenes in a new light. Um, and it's sad, you know, I mean, yeah, we're all human. We all break down. We all have our moments, but to repeatedly have those moments and particularly against someone in particular, it's not cool. You know, I mean, it sounds like, Hey, might be a good time to, you know, check into anger management or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to. Again, I do, I do not want to judge this show entirely on its time gap or its looming shadow of, of like, How, Jeffrey Tambor's apparently abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the show, the show, I mean, yeah, those things hurt the show. Um, they flat out do. But... They, they do for me, at least. I, I, I had a hard time watching parts of it for that reason. Especially when there were moments where it looked like um, Jeffrey Tambor's character was supposed to be developing character, but mm-hmm. never did really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying there. Uh, I don't know, like, when it came to season four, there were so many scenes where it, it, they, they it felt like they really put a lot of effort in. There's this whole moment in, in season four where um, Michael Sarah's character is talking about, he's talking to maybe and his dad about something specific and uh ron howard who narrates the show he was like um this is when uh george michael's 47 second like buffer kicked in and like the time it took for them to film that scene if you actually took a same amount of time it was it was dead on his immaculate internal clock uh that's that's always been a running gag with George Michael's character is how he can keep excellent time 
because there was nothing his... like that in the season. There was nothing like that in the season. Oh, in season five. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't. There really wasn't, and that's always been a thing in the first four seasons. And I think they kind of, it seems like they wanted to get away from a lot of the things that were funny about the first four seasons, but you still keep it tied into things from season four. Well, and I guess more so what I'm, what I'm meaning by that, Josh, is not necessarily that specific joke. What I'm saying is that the the jokes that seemed like there was effort put behind them didn't yeah. exist in this show. Yeah. Or this season, I'm sorry, this season. Yeah, this season definitely took a different turn. Um I didn't uh I didn't find it as enjoyable as the prior seasons. Uh I'll say this Job's Job's storyline was by far the funniest. Oh god, yeah. He's um, like you <laughs> remember how dad would always say, Oh, you just got GOB'd? You just GOB'd. <laughs> and it's like, what does that mean? He's like, you'll get it when you're older. <laughs> and, you know, it was like 30 seconds later, he's like, oh, wait. He's like, GOB. <laughs> what, made that, what made that even funnier was that um, uh, Michael just goes, there it is. <laughs> the yep. second he realized it. Yep. It was just like that. That, that stuff was really is. funny. That and um, yeah, and that's what's always been I think the real charm behind this show. It's just those little yeah. subtle moments. Yeah, there it is. Absolutely. I think and that's my that's my complaint is that this there wasn't a lot didn't of this. have enough of that. <laughs> it was very little. Oh well, uh, and for, also, you know, every season before has been a lot longer. This was only eight episodes and Lock Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, they're releasing it into two parts, so part two is gonna come later down the line i don't even know what date it is it's such i didn't i didn't know that either but that explains I didn't either why this, until this morning why this season ends so abruptly yeah i didn't even look at the episode count before the seasons i just started watching it and i rewatched season four with the new remix of it because you remember season four was done as 15 episodes and they were mixed as they focused on one specific character. And it all didn't really tie together until the very end. And then they recut season four and called it Fatal Consequences. And cut it more like the first three seasons. Um, that, uh... Sorry. So, as a result, it was a 22-episode season. Season 2 was 18. Season 3 was short because of the cancellation. That was 13 episodes. So for this, okay, yeah, it's going to be a 16-episode season, but they only released 8 episodes. They have not announced when the release date is. They just said it's to be announced for sometime later in 2018. So for, I was watching it, and it's just like season eight in, or episode 8 ended. I was like, all right, next episode. And it's just like, that's it. And I'm like, well, damn it. And it it. it it was a very unsatisfying feel. I did not like that. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely. I like. I think that where they ended it and how abrupt it felt, it was just like, oh, okay. I, I was sitting there. Um, I was having breakfast. And I was. I, ha I was like, oh, okay. I got three episodes to go. I start on eight, and then I think there's ten episodes this season. And um, 
episode eight ends and it doesn't do like the loading next episode situation. It just kept going through the credits mm-hmm. and I couldn't get to my laptop in time to, to go to the next episode or see what's up. And I was like, why did it do that? And that's when I saw it was eight and I texted you and I was like, I, I just accidentally finished the season. <laughs> yeah. I had accidentally finished it like the night before. So I knew exactly what you were talking about. And I was just like, man, I didn't enjoy that. It felt abrupt and it, it, it just felt out of place, and it was kind of it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> because it wasn't the greatest of cliffhangers that they could have ended on. <laughs> right. I. I mean, this isn't to to diminish parts of it that are really funny. I feel like some plot lines didn't go anywhere. Like there was this whole thing with Lindsay running for governor or whatever. And that was like in an episode and slightly mentioned elsewhere. And I was like, are we going back to that? Is that going to be a plot later? But it just kept concentrating on George Michael and maybe, and I'm like, what they're doing. Isn't that funny? Arguably maybe as an old lady was hilarious, but Oh God. Yes. Everything else she did wasn't really that funny. Um, yeah. I like the fact that she's just, you know, I like the fact that she is squatting in different locations in different disguises, um, you know, staying here and then moving there. And then, you know, she'll dress up with this wig in front of her parents here to appear older and she's wanting to get meth teeth made. And then, you know, she actually gets a different set of teeth made and dresses up as an old lady to live in a condo and just... Funny, funny shit oh, there. Yes, Ed, Ed, Ed Bigley's a uh, Bigley, Bigley, Bigley. Ed, Ed Bigley Junior. Ed Bigley Junior.'s his character was fucking hilarious. Oh um, god, yes. And the fact that his uh, infliction, you know, where he can't grow any body hair, that it's actually his daughter <laughs> suffers from it too, and that's a secret she's been keeping, is hilarious to me. Yeah, like I love little things like that too, like little touches of like. Like that's what made like, the whole oh, that's caterpillar. What made never nude. <laughs> caterpillar yeah, and it's her eyebrow. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, where? Where is it? I didn't see it. <laughs> um well that's what made the uh, the never nude joke so good in like the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Was it wasn't a front forward it wasn't a, a it wasn't a forward facing joke. It was just there, part of the character, and that in turn made it funny. Well, one um, of the things I did enjoy one one of the things there was a little slight callback to it, but you had to be paying really close attention. Is when Tobias was in Mexico looking for Lindsay with his uh, long lost son Murphy Brown. <laughs> yes, yeah, that and, shit, and he was that at Marky. Yeah. He was at Marky Bark's mother's ostrich farm. She's like, here, go deliver the mail. You got to wear this, or the ostriches will attack you. He's like, oh, okay. He's wearing the ostrich costume, but if you look, he's wearing those fucking cutoffs. Uh, underneath yeah, yeah, the yeah. Like, skirt part of it or whatever it's called it was hilarious i was like oh he's still got the cutoffs great but that was the only mention it was yeah, very yeah. slot but that's and, and, and arguably the entire time the entire thing with him playing other roles of the family in like really bad acting styles that was hilarious see i didn't i didn't find it that funny oh really i found it i found it funny I found it funny originally, but as they kept doing it, it kept getting less and less funny. Like, I was like, oh, this joke again? Like, are we really going down this route again? Like, I understood it was supposed to be a running gag through the whole series, but it just kept feeling more and more forced. 
Like, not like, it felt less like, uh, it was something that David Cross came up with. Like, I feel like David Cross came up with a never nude joke, you know? Yeah. And, and they were like, oh, that's hilarious. Let's roll with it. Um, but this felt like more like he was just going with the script. I don't that, I, maybe that was another thing about this show that felt really off was that most of the actors felt like they didn't want to be there. Like it was almost an obligation at a point. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. It just everything about this season felt off and didn't feel quite right. I mean, Hopefully, don't get me wrong. There were a lot of moments that made me laugh. There are a lot of oh, moments yeah. that made me laugh. But the, um, the whole the whole cottage thing and everybody almost saying cottage, and he's like, I know. They're like, oh, that's a relief. We've been holding that in for a while. You know, Michael talking about the family cottage that they supposedly sold when his wife died because she died in the cottage. Uh, that that was just funny as shit to me. Uh, you know, stuff like that yeah. worked. Stuff like that worked. Yeah. But I yeah. think I think also not having the back half of the season available and ready to watch hurts. I don't think it's a smart decision by Netflix to release shows and i've said this about voltron uh because that was one of the first shows i started uh watching that do this uh releasing instead of one whole season together one half and then a few months later the other half it pulls me out of it i don't like it and i think overall it suffers for it i i completely agree i think uh i think when you when you have a flowing story that just abruptly stops. It just doesn't. It doesn't do any good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is this is a problem a lot of people have with, uh, in a weird way, um, with it, um, it kind of defeats. Jedi. It kind of defeats the purpose of binge watching. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. People started binge watching because they want all of the content and they want it as quickly as possible, and they set aside time to watch blocks of content. They don't like to have to wait. They'll wait for a new season, but they like getting the whole season. Netflix, you're fucking up my binge life. Stop it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, even 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 outside of that aspect, Josh, I, th- I think that with the with the you know the whole looming aspect over the show with what happened. With Jessica Walters and uh, Jeffrey Tambor, and then like the massive the, break the whole, in like, between seasons, and massive break. Like I think that hurts it significantly. I, I agree. I agree completely. So, like um, what could have been a higher graded season, it's it's going to suffer because of those things. Uh, we should move on to grades. Do you have any other final thoughts you want to throw out there? I mean, it's still an enjoyable show even with those things over it but it's not as enjoyable i feel um you know i'm gonna go ahead and toss it well i tossed out the grade first last time so i'll let you go ahead uh i give season five like a a c minus um with with just too much kind of bearing it down and then on top of that like a huge time gap, and then if a lot of it felt forced. A lot of it felt like the actors didn't want to be there. There's just too much that I feel like didn't quite work. I mean, there's a lot that does. There's, there's. I mean, I, I mean, there's a good laugh, at least one solid, hearty chuckle every episode. But unfortunately, with how the show previously was, a lot of chuckles through every episode. 
this just feels off. It just everything feels off. Um, I still really like the characters. I still like where the storyline's going, um, which is why it's not getting anything lower than a C minus. But at the same time, this season just doesn't feel good. Um, or at least as good as the previous seasons. I would say that the whole series gets like a solid A. Um, but this, this season definitely feels like a uh, step in the wrong direction for the show. But we'll see how it finishes. I'm definitely interested in checking out the, 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 the latter half of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, C minus. I'll give it a C. Um, you know, it's a, it was average. Um, I do feel that the the gap and the controversy, I'm not even taking those into account. Well, the gap more so. Um, but I didn't even know about the controversy until after I had finished it. Uh, I just felt that it did feel off. It was ended abruptly with only half of the story told. Uh, and not that I mind a cliffhanger. Just let me know that this is, you know, the second half's coming later. It wasn't made obvious. Uh, I don't know. I mean, part of that might be on me for not knowing. But it, I think it just hurts the story to, to wait. Yeah, there's still a lot of funny stuff that happens in this. And most of it does center around Joe. Uh, he's obvious to, to me, he is like the MVP of the series. He really is. Overall, I would say the series itself, uh, especially with recutting of season four. And I like the original cut of season four, but the recut of it, I think helped the story better. Overall, I would give this, the series as a whole, like an A minus, but I'll give this new season a C. Uh, it's just, just something about it. It's, you know, hopefully the latter half does redeem it and we can't really judge the whole content. And I kind of feel awkward about giving it a grade right now, but I've got to grade what I've seen. So, yeah, yeah I, I kind of want to do an episode of the show where we review the latter half of both Kimmy Schmidt and the rest of development and see if like it helps the season at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll maybe do like a like episode a 19 recap. redux. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, but um, but yeah, guys, uh, that's gonna do it for for us here at All Queued Up. Uh, that was awesome. Um, I'm the really great conversation there. I'm, I'm yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, next episode will be on Luke Cage season two, and we're actually gonna do a movie Cargo with Martin Freeman. Um, I've I actually really... been looking forward to watching Cargo. So same here. I've had it in my queue. Uh, one of my best friends. Uh, Sean, he, uh, who's supposed to be coming by this afternoon. Hope so. Anyway, he was like, dude, you got to see this movie. You know, he's a big, huge fan of Sherlock. Uh, so, you know, he's also a big, huge fan of, as a result, Martin Freeman, which he'd always been a Martin Freeman fan even before the Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman version of Sherlock on the BBC. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was one of the reasons I got excited about Sherlock was I was like, Martin Freeman's playing Watson? Hell yeah, I'm in. So. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, um, those are, that's what we're going to watch. Luke Cage season yeah, two and I'm cargo. Excited about both of those. We'll, I am too. We'll see how, Mist- we'll see if my excitement continues. Misty and I watched um, the trailer for cargo about a week ago and she's like, Oh wow, that looks good. I was like, I know it does. And we threw it in our queue. So we might watch it. Well, can't watch it tonight <laughs> because I'm recording off the runner. 
And I can't watch it tomorrow night because I'm going to be guesting on another show, uh, the TKO podcast. <laughs> so, Pod- podcast man, I'm uh, telling you, man, uh, just go out and lose part of your body, and people want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not inaccurate. Uh, but yeah, guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, uh, real quick, Josh, can you let them know where they can find all of our stuff? Well, the Not easiest way we'll get to personal letter. Yeah, yeah. The easiest way is just to head over to www.allcuedupodcast.com. That is the hub for all of our content. Uh, that is where you can find links to our Facebook discussion group, where you can join in the conversations. Uh, suggest shows for us to watch, you know, tell us what you think we were wrong about, disagree with us, agree with us, whatever you want to do. It's a fun little group. We're trying to get it to grow. Uh, That's where you can find our Instagram account for the podcast. You can find our Twitter account, and you can tweet at us or comment on our Instagram post, you know, send us a message there. It's also a link to our YouTube channel for every audio episode that is uploaded to Radio Public, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, or Podbean. There is an, uh, a visual episode where I upload slideshows and images so you can have more of a visual cue if that's your preference when you listen to the show uh there's also a uh there's a blog section where greg uh will post a review or i will post a review he likes to do video i like to do written uh the i most... haven't done one in a while too I need yeah to do one soon. you haven't done one in a while and i hadn't done one in a while either and i actually just uploaded one the other day that touches on why i hadn't done one in a while uh, yeah, I it was. It was a, I gave that a read. It was really well, really well written. Well, thank you, thank you. That is something I can do from time to time. Uh, but yeah, the the latest episode uh, we just uploaded. You know, I just uploaded this past weekend, so there was a delay. Uh, we did lose the audio interview with Brian Volkweiss, um, unfortunately, but. You know, initial feedback of the people that have listened to it, they said, you know what, that was a good recap. It's a shame you lost that audio, but it was still a very good listen. Thanks, guys. We appreciate stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I didn't even, but, didn't even know about that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just, uh, I did talk to Scott. They said there was no way that audio was recoverable because of privacy and uh, security concerns. They don't record audio conversations on their end. They just timestamp it. And I was like, well, huh? It was a long shot, but I tried. So, unfortunately, that audio is lost forever. It happens. Well, it happens. Yeah, like, like, I, like I started off in that part, shit happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, go go hit us up. You know, the website, it also has a link to our Patreon. Uh, you can go and look at the benefits there. Uh, see what little perks you can get by becoming a patron to All Queued Up. We are, as I mentioned earlier in the show, still taking pre-orders. You know, shoot us an email, shoot us a message, whatever. Our email address is on the front page of our website. Uh, you can send listener questions, suggestions, whatever. We are open to it all. Um, yep, yep. But, yeah. Uh, Greg, I, was, I also wanted to... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
lost my train of thought. Oh, um, one of the things that we like to do, um, and uh, I did you mention it, Josh? And I just wasn't paying attention to the Facebook discussion group. I did. That was the very first thing I mentioned. Yeah, I started looking at my phone. Dude, stop it. You do that every time I start talking. See, I have this is, attention this deficit is, disorder. Give is, me a break. This is what I tell everybody every episode, and you probably don't hear it because you're probably looking at your phone again. He doesn't listen to anything I say. I have ADD, okay? It's an excuse and a crutch. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll uh, promote ourselves briefly. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead um, and tell them where you're at. You can you follow me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. That's C-H-U-B-R-O-C-K-G-E-E-K. Um, that's where I will always post anything that I'm doing, um, including this podcast. Um, I also work with um, Anthony Bianas on Mission Start Podcast or MissionStartPodcast.com. Uh, but we, we primarily do stuff on Twitch at uh, Mission Start P on the Twitch page. So it's twitch.tv slash MissionStartP. Um, as a matter of fact, that Twitch channel is going to have a little bit of a change for this next month because Anthony is taking a month off and he's going down to LA looking for work. Um, in that meantime, me and a friend, uh, Raman, we're going to be streaming on the site itself. And, um, we, are. uh, I plan on doing some Jackbox streams. Yeah, it's about time we did another one. Yeah, Josh will join me on that. I don't know if it'll be Saturday nights, just because there was a whole reason of me leaving Half Empty Energy Tank. <laughs> well, um, we can do Friday. I know, that's what I'm saying. I just, I just don't know. I don't know what day, Josh. I don't know. Well, I don't have an answer yet. Okay. Point is, is go follow the channel, go follow me on Twitch, and both of those will let you know when I'm about to go live with Jackbox or something to that effect. Or follow Josh, which I'm sure he'll tell you in a minute about that, too. Uh, but yeah, we just did a bunch of E3 coverage on the Twitch page, and a lot of a lot of that is up on um, our YouTube channel, which is if you search Mission Start Podcast on on YouTube, you'll find us. Um, which, if you've been with really f- us from the beginning, you know that's where this show got its start. That's true. That is true. Um, Anthony uploaded uh, all, all the conferences and our reactions and whatnot to everything um, in their individual forms, but he also uploaded a compilation of the quote-unquote hypest moments, which is mostly just Anthony getting overly excited at me telling him to shut up. Yeah. Because I can't hear him. I can't hear the the stream over him screaming. Yeah. Um, We did a lot of that uh, in chat as well. (laughs) A lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was especially Devil May Cry 5. Jesus Christ, that was really bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Is it Nero? It's Nero. No, it's not. It's Dante. Is it Dante? It's Nero. It's Dante. We're like Anthony. Stop. Shut the fuck up. And I'm sure that I'm sure that lady said his name about five seconds ago, but you were screaming. Yeah, and then he's like, "I told you, I told you, I told you." It's like you didn't tell us shit. You just kept ex- asking the same questions over and over. Shut up. We can't hear. <laughs> you were not sure. You were not sure who the fuck it was until the very last second, which is when you should have been getting excited. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's like I get I get the excitement I get like going like is it this and then quiet like I get that that's fine by me because I'm gonna do that like just as a knee jerk reaction yeah. but do it 19 Jesus times Christ. in the span of 24 seconds Ugh. yeah <laughs> it was really it was really bad but um 
other than that guy, uh, other than that, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it, but yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna try to do more streams on, on Mission Start P over this next month. And if it works out, if, if I'm enjoying it again, I might do more and more and more on that, on that Twitch page. Um, but yeah, Josh, yeah. why don't you, why don't you self promote? Go ahead, go for it. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ansabanur1976. That is E N S A B A H N U R 1976. And also, in addition to doing this show with Greg every other Friday, you can find me on the podcast called Off the Runner. That is where a group of friends and myself, uh, we build model kits on stream and we're just shooting the shit talking about various topics and you know it's usually a really fun time a lot of a lot of uh burns and jokes at each other's expense but you know we're all good sports about it uh with the exception of dalton who gets upset every time you tell him he has a gundam rug you got to tune in for past episodes to do that and to do that you can go to the youtube channel primal sabbath my friend Dakota's channel. That's P-R-I-M-A-L-S-A-B-B-A-T-H. And just look for episodes of Off the Runner if you enjoy that kind of thing. Um, tomorrow night I will be recording uh, and I'll be appearing on the TKO podcast. Um, and that is, you know, its own YouTube channel, just TKO podcast. But uh, really excited about making that appearance, you know, really happy to be back and doing all this stuff and just getting my life back on track and doing a normal thing. Thank you guys, everybody out there listening for helping me get back into the swing of things. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Um, uh, there was something briefly I want to talk. Oh, oh, I want to, I want to give another shout out and thanks to, um, uh, Genocide Squirrel and McKay uh, for doing the art. Genocide for doing the art. Uh, the little cartoon versions of us. Yeah. And McKay, McKay helping, helping us with the site. Yeah, she really helped me a lot. You know, I, I, I built a site and she helped me make improvements on it visually and showed me how to do those things myself. And it's greatly appreciated. And I love Absolutely. those two. I love those two very, very much. <laughs> uh thank you to um uh Valaire who's constantly in I in any of the chats that I happen to be in, in in Twitch for designing the all queued up look the 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 red letters and how they follow the theme of Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um and thank you for uh thank you to Cody or Belthazar as he's known on Twitch uh for doing our little uh voiceover at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. I really, really love the just the the contributions that people have made to help us out. It means so much. Uh, yeah, we yeah. we could we couldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for friends, if it yeah. weren't for the support that we've had. Um, it's been awesome to to know that to know that we have people there backing us up. You know, that's that that to me is payment enough. So, on the other hand, I could I wish I could get paid more for doing this. It'd be nice. Well, I mean, we made this our full time job, it'd be pretty great, huh? Well, we'd be working for peanuts right now. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to help us Not directly even peanuts. If you want to help us directly, if you listen on your mobile device on Radio Public, 
We are part of the paid lessons program. Every download counts. You know, it only takes a thousand download a thousand downloads to net us about twenty five bucks. So let's get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that I mean that gives you an idea. It's like, you know, we're we're not gonna be retiring doing this. We do this because we love it. And we thank you guys for allowing us to do this. You know, it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but you can that you can said, contribute guess, even more directly if you go and become a patron, you know what I'm saying? Never. Um, also, <laughs> go buy a shirt. Go buy a shirt, guys. Well, that we goes to we... helping the podcast. <laughs> you know. I don't care. Go buy a shirt. I, I wasn't saying our shirts. I was just saying go buy a shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wear it everywhere. All right, guys. We, 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 we got to wrap this up. We are running a bit over time. Um, don't want to have it too long. We always uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but regardless, I want to say thank you to everybody listening. Uh, again, next episode will be on Luke Cage Season 2, Marvel's Luke Cage Season 2, as it's specifically called, and Cargo starring Martin Freeman. Um, mm-hmm. Again, thank you guys, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>